Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 297, I'm joined by Premier Peter Malinowskis live at the 2022 CEO Sleepout. A six-time Sleepout participant, Peter explains what motivates him to participate and the extra layer of responsibility he feels this year participating as the South Australian Premier. We also discuss the critical need to bring together government, non-profits and the business sector in order to drive meaningful change in areas such as community housing and homelessness. This is an issue for everyone and through collaborative and combined effort, we can seek to make a difference in the lives of people who need it. This is Premier Peter Malinowskis' version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Peter, thank you so much for joining me for the next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks, Amelia. We are here live, just about to head to bed at the CEO Sleepout Indeed. 2022. This is your sixth year participating. It is. So not quite as many as, as you, Amelia. Only but one year one behind. behind. No, I've been doing it a few years. I started doing it before I was in Parliament and it's a good night. It's it's a bit uncomfortable, as you, as you know, but <laughs> one night's spool price to pay in comparison to people who have to do it more yeah. regularly than that. Yeah, and they said tonight that you're the first actual sitting premier yeah. to participate. I was a bit surprised by that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, hopefully you're leading the way. Hopefully we'll see Hopefully more. I'll have to get on the phone to my, my new mates and see if we can't get them to sleep out in their states and get a bit of competition going. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, six years ago, what, what was it that motivated you to get involved? Um, look, it's a good cause. I mean, Vinny's, I had a degree of familiarity with Vinny's. Uh, I had some good friends who did some work with Vinny's on a voluntary basis and and I thought well I better you know put a bit of effort in myself and I started doing the sleep out uh, then uh, and I had I knew a few other people that were that were doing it and it wasn't too bad a night that first one was at the zoo and it was a bit wet but it wasn't too bad but since then there's been some some horrors but I don't know that the the morning after (laughs) so to speak uh, tomorrow morning you know you do get a, a sense of fulfillment from knowing that you've done something good for others and that's what this is all about yeah and I think it's that you know sense of perspective as well and obviously as you say like we you know we get to go home have warm showers and you you know and I think even that the juxtaposition between a really really cold uncomfortable cardboard is not comfortable during COVID I went and did a, um, a shift with Fred's van and the city was a ghost town and it was in the middle of winter and it was one of those really bitterly cold nights and people would come and have their meals and then go off to where they're going to sleep for the night and it's it's unthinkable um, for most South Australians that there are people out there in a relatively wealthy state all things being equal and they're doing this on a regular basis so it's amazing what the work that Vinnies do amongst others and any way we can support them is worthwhile. 
Yeah. And it's great because you see the volunteers yeah. and the range of work that Vinny does. The depth of work. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. It, it really is, you know, and I had the privilege of going to the centres and helping create some, some content for that. And it, it is to me, I'm constantly like thinking, there's just so much I don't know that happens right here in our community. And when you hear the, and talk to people and you hear the stories, you quickly realise that um, even people blessed with relative privilege, you know, it only takes a few things going wrong in your world and your life before you could find yourself also a person in time of need. And the stories tonight about the refugees being helped out, people who were otherwise doing quite well in their home country through circumstance and a nation going to war found themselves in a foreign country with nothing. Um, this is where, you know, organisations like Vinnie step into the plate. But we never, you can never take anything for granted. You never know what's what other people's circumstances are and thinking about things from their perspective is is important as well. Mm, yeah, and, you know, it was interesting because they bring speakers as well and, and George, who works at the Men's Crisis Centre, was saying, you know, about trying to really remove layers of judgement and, you know, it is part of that human condition yeah. to sort of make decisions based on how somebody might look or the state of their dental hygiene or something. So it is around how to help overcome such basic barriers, which can be such prohibitive. That's right. And and sometimes our own prejudices aren't necessarily hardwired in, um, but just a function of, you know, the society that we live in. And and you you have to challenge yourself to try and put yourself in someone else's shoes and think about things from their perspectives. And that that doesn't come naturally. you know, you've got to challenge yourself to do it. Uh, and tonight, nights like tonight help, help that happen. Mm, absolutely. So for you then, fast forward six years mm. and you are the elected Premier. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, does that change the experience? Um, not really. No. Um, it's still cold and you're <laughs> getting your sleeping bag. Um, I guess the only thing I'm conscious of is that, you know, I, I have now a position of, of authority and... I hope that in the time that I've got that um, position of power, I can put it to good use to help confront and address some of the challenges that that help lead to homelessness or people suffering acute disadvantage. You know, we have to be honest about these things. You can't fix everything, but you can try and make a positive difference. And I and I just hope I'm able to do that. And that that sense of responsibility, I, I do feel more now than I probably have at any other time that I've done the sleep out, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking just before we started recording about the community housing policies and the decisions that have come around, you know, in particular, I suppose, of of relevance to tonight's um, event is funding for Vinnie's that's been renewed. Yep. Maybe tell us a bit about that. Well, look, a bit of context. My dad worked at the Housing Trust his whole life. So I sort of grew up in a household where there was a, you know, dad had a, my mum and dad had a sense of social justice um, and I saw the, you know, it had ingrained in me, I guess, the value of public housing and social housing and what, what it can actually materially do to turn someone's life around. And I think it's been uninvested in the past and we've made some substantial commitments um, in the most recent state budget to, to put more stock into the system through a number of means. And I think we need to do that now more than ever. And then when I see organisations like Catherine House and Vinnie's and um, the Hart Street Centre who had their funding cut. I was really proud to be able to reinstate that funding quickly after being elected and you know they're going to be able to do some great with that that additional resource. Um, in many respects they'll do a lot more good than potentially government even would have done with that same money. 
Mm. And, you know, Brad, who's the state um, president for Vinnie's, was talking around strategies and looking at obviously a key amount of, of Vinnie's work is around the helping and crisis relief, but how to come more into that preventative. And so the measures that you're talking about and adding more stock, uh, housing stock and, and funding Vinnie's, you know, is, is is really kind of aligning with that? Uh, absolutely, not just preventative housing, but also with wraparound services as well. And that that's where you can really start to make step change, material change in someone's, in someone's own life, empowering people. Um, is so fundamentally important. And often we're talking about people with great complexities around them, um, not just misfortune, but you know, very difficult circumstances and nothing, no two people who find themselves in these circumstances are the same and you've got to treat people compassionately and differently. Yeah, absolutely. And so then from a government perspective, implementing those policies and being involved in that, where do you see that, you know, where do you see that going and how can that be, you know, as you say, you can't do solve everything, yeah. but how does that step work? Look, you do hope that in actual fact, by making investments in the front end, so to speak, you can have not just a positive impact on someone's life, but you can ultimately save taxpayers money as well. We know that disproportionately people who suffer mental health um, crises end up in emergency departments and they end up having to experience um, the most expensive treatment that is known in the state. If we can help people in a preventative sense and we can actually you know, move people um, out of a crisis centre, a crisis sort of um, government services into just having a better life, that actually represents a material benefit to the budget as well. And if we, the more we can prove that up in a way that Treasury acknowledges it, the more investment we can start to commit towards front-end services. And that's really where I'd love to get to. Mm. And it's interesting the impact that's had around COVID and through the time that we've had there, you know, and there was data presented around the fact that during COVID, Vinnie's actually saw a drop in some of the numbers because of around the JobKeeper and other funding. You know, how does that conversation then come back to government and policies and funding decisions? Yeah, well, I mean... One thing that I'm interested to look at is to see the decisions that were made to put people into hotel accommodation during the COVID, what did that end up doing? Did that end up um, helping people sort of move on to a different path in terms of the housing experience and what is the evidence of that? Unfortunately, of course, anecdotally, you know, more than one person has commented to me over the last 12 months that they do now see more people seem to be sleeping rough than what was the case previously. I don't have any data to... to back that anecdotal experience up. But what we do know is that in the housing crisis that we're experiencing at the moment, with prices going where they are, cost of living going where it is, this is going to be a challenge for a lot of South Australians and we have to do what we can as a government to ameliorate the hardest edges of the current economic situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when having conversations with Vinnie's, they're saying, you know, the difference between a one bill, like paying one bill or the rent, you know, can make the difference between someone having accommodation and moving into couch surfing, couch surfing or cars or, you know. Sometimes it's not much. No. Sometimes it's the little things that can make the biggest difference. And, and that's where, that's where government, well, governments can't do what organisations like Vinnie's can. That real, that real depth of engagement that you get from not-for-profit organisations with clients and people is sometimes hard for governments to replicate and that's why we want to work with organisations such as Vinnie's.
Yeah. And it's interesting for you to be coming from a family that's, you know, as you said, had a real social conscious and then now in a position where you're implementing policy. Like, does that give you a personal level of pressure? <laughs> uh, yes, is the short answer. Um, and I, I do, I do I try and remind myself um, as frequently as I can that, you know, and I've only been in the job for, you know, 11, 12 weeks or whatever it is. I try and remind myself, um, you know, once we're in the drudgery of an issue and something's, you know, overtaking you and, you know, long days, you know, the reasons why I want to do this job and that's to try and have a positive impact on people's lives, particularly those who haven't had as much opportunity. I mean, that's what it's got to be all about. And trying to have policies that move the needle in that direction is, I guess, what I'd love to do with the job while I'm lucky enough to have it. And um, I'm determined to do that any way I can. And, you know, we're looking here and this event, particularly with the CEO Sleepout, is about bringing together different layers. So you've got not-for-profits, government and CEOs, so industry as well. How much do you think that triangle is critical to making these bigger movements of the needles of change? Oh, uh, A1, A1 critical. And look, there's some, you know, extraordinary South Australians here tonight. And, you know, you listen to some of the conversation just chatting around the place, it's dynamic. And, you know, that share, sharing of knowledge, not just about a business, but about, you know, doing good, that, that could only be a positive thing. And that's why I think this event is unique in that regard um, and hopefully continues for many years to come. Fantastic. Well, Peter, in conclusion then, what would you say is something that motivates and inspires you to participate in these sorts of things and to help drive change? You know, you just make good people, Amelia. You know, like, I never, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how many good people are out there um, who just want to have a positive impact on the community. And it just fills me with, you know, uh, a sense of enrichment about how lucky we are uh, to live in a state with such um, kind-hearted, compassionate soul to it, and uh, long may that continue. And uh, and once you once you experience that and you you feel that engagement, it's hard to not want to get be part of it. Fantastic. Well, let's hope the rain stays away. Uh, fingers crossed. We, <laughs> I, I, it's not going to be anything like last year. We both know that, which is a good thing. No, that's right. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks, Amelia. Cheers. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.